0: These references on for size. Uh, He's heating up! He's on fire! Boom! Shakalaka! (laughs) He's on fire! Boom! Shakalaka! Um, I was thinking about, um, you know, that's a shout out to you 90s kids, the original, you know, NBA Jam. Those of you that are viewing on YouTube, my daughter found me this sweet Sonic shirt from the 90s. It says established in 1967, so she thought it was from the 60s, but uh, you know, it's a 90s. It's clearly a 90s logo. (laughs) So, uh, if I remember correctly, I think the Sonic started in 72. Let's look that up real quick.
1: I'm an idiot. What? idiot oh what a loser good
0: established in
2: 1967 says that
0: right on the shirt jeez i'm an idiot Ah. right on the shirt it literally says that on the shirt damn it (sighs) sorry guys i i I lost my composure out there i'm an idiot Right. right anyways might edit it out might leave it in he's not on fire anyways let's get to the topic Uh, when I was managing a team in Eugene we were thinking through this process of we had kind of the core down Um, and if we were gonna grow the team In in my mind, so if I'm going to be able to pursue my next level of responsibility, roles, responsibilities, opportunities, those kinds of things, I want people behind me that can take the mantle, move the ball forward, keep our system going, you know, the people, good people that we had in our team, create opportunities for them, and keep people employed, right, and then grow the team. If you're not growing, you're dying, right, and so, so often we have i think we all know this right there's these information silos where people want to protect their position and we all hate it we all have suffered from it at one point or another and then yet when you get into a spot or a position of power sometimes you're so scared there's not another opportunity that you repeat what you've seen in other people and so it's it's crazy how we do that to each other right to where um Rachel uh Stewart talked about that on our last episode uh 20 of the Dojo podcast about the scarcity mindset versus the abundance mindset right and so that idea that you know there's not enough and like there's enough there is enough and there's plenty of work there's plenty of opportunities and so when when you free yourself to see you know if if I can create an opportunity and move forward that allows the people that have been working for me and you know doing well and helping me achieve my dreams to you know move forward and so as part of that process for us you know the growth mindset and those kinds of things I was so fortunate to find um, you know this book organizational physics the science of growing a business by Lex Sisney so I look at the description I get the audiobook. And it's, a, it's like a scientific, his whole concept is, you know, what is a system and a structure and a way of thinking about things, an organizational um, system that, um, you know, translates across, across all industries. So, cause sometimes it's so hyper um, focused, you know, that, that it works for the author and the industry that they're working in, the system that they're working with that it doesn't apply necessarily to you. And so, I think Lex accomplished that. Um, It's one of those, I'm glad I got it on audiobook, because you kind of listen to it, you re-listen to it, and then there's one like, man, I need to buy the book so I can go back and I like to read, typically, that might have been one of the first audiobooks I bought, but I like to read and mark it up and kind of go back and reference notes and those kinds of things, so I picked it up. Well, I also. Um, you know, just being sheepishly naive, I just reached out to him, I was like, hey man, I really enjoyed your book, you know, would there be a time, I had a blog, you know, I had, I actually had the Diojo as a WordPress, I think I had started doing some writing with Restoration and Remediation. And I reached out, you know, just say, hey, could I ask you some questions about the book and your process and how that came about and um, some of the things I'm thinking about. And he graciously agreed. And so I ran to Best Buy. I bought a little recorder. I had the phone on, like, speaker. And um, I didn't know I was even less technologically proficient than I am now. And so (laughs) I pieced that together. I think I only ever put out um, segment one of a two-parter. Cause like at that time, I don't know if it was just me or you could only load like 15 minute videos onto YouTube or something like that. And so, um, anyways, so it's, it's, it's out there. You can see that old interview, um, you can, or you can hear the audio of it. And so, um, I was super grateful that Lex gave me another shot to, uh, talk to him again. Um, you know, he's been posting different thoughts as you know, he's a, so he is a coach Um, A CEO and coach Um, he is a business scaling expert and a wizard at organizational structure and design he works with CEOs and leadership teams of expansion stage companies who are committed to growing their businesses without compromising their values and what's so cool is you read his book and you'll hear in the interview like this was this was him internalizing like his company was blowing up and, um, you know, Commission Junction, and figuring out how to change himself. You know, you've probably heard, you know, what got you here won't get you to the next stage, and you have to evolve and adapt and um, put in systems. And so, you know, it talks about how he went through that process for himself, and then um, creating something that he felt would help other people do the same, and and that's his business now, is coaching, you know, uh, businesses how to scale. And if you don't believe that's important, man, I don't know how many businesses I've seen that have grown too fast too soon. You know, they don't have the systems in place to manage the growth. And so they just end up biting off too much, you know, more than they can chew and they tank and um, it it usually does not end well, and so it can be as dangerous, you know, you you know you you need to grow in order to survive, but it can be as dangerous to grow too quickly, and too often people just think, well I'll just do what I've always done, and that'll be fine, and I'll just, you know, um, times that by 10, and we'll be fine. You know, it's what's the 7x, 10x, 5x, whatever, right now is a popular term, stupid term, and so um, it's not just that simple, like, you have to change as the leader your organization has to change you have to bring different people in Skyler Lewis sorry Skyler Lewis talked a lot about that on episode 19 about that you know bringing a coach in thinking they're gonna fix everybody else and really they say well we got to start with you and so you know that's kind of this whole idea of the dojo podcast is learn from other other entrepreneurs who have you know been there done that or in the trenches you know actually doing it and shortening your own shortening your own learning curve by listening to um, people that are out there doing it so hopefully you enjoy I I was so grateful for this conversation like I said really do enjoy this book organizational Ph- physics the science of growing a business by Lex Disney um, he's got great stuff on his website and posts. you know really uh, thought-provoking things on LinkedIn as well so I'm excited, um, you know, and I know there's a lot of restoration businesses, you know, you're either really struggling right now, um, you know, to kind of make things happen, or you're, you know, you got all this stuff coming in and trying to figure out how to navigate, you know, are we at the point where we need next stage growth? So, great uh, discussion with Lex, and let's get to it. He's on fire! Ready to rock and roll? Yeah, sure. Okay. I want to be mindful of your time. So, um, all right. Well, we're here with Lex Sisney, the offer, uh, offer, author of organizational physics. And, um, and you have on your, I was noticing on your LinkedIn, a wizard of organizational structure and design. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about what that means and how that's come about?
1: My next guest is wizard. Hi. Hello, doctor. Tell me about how to cast a spell on somebody.
3: Sure, so uh, organizational physics is a way of um, looking at systems, yeah. right? And understanding kind of the, you know, the trade-offs and the underlying principles that exist within all, all systems, all organizations. I happen to deploy these principles in expansion stage companies. So the yeah. typical client for me is you know, 100 to 300 million in annual sales are growing quickly. And they've they as they've grown, complexity has increased. And there's kind of this ceiling that, you know, every organization hits. Yeah. And the founder, CEO realizes like, okay, I know we need to reinvent how we do things uh, in order to go to the next stage, but I don't want to sacrifice our, our core cultural DNA, right? Those core values, that entrepreneurial edge. And so I step in in those key transition points and help the CEO and leadership team to quickly kind of transition through that hard area into the next stage of, of growth and innovation. And uh, why I'm a, I call myself a wizard of organizational structure and design. I actually didn't come up with that term. one of my clients That's awesome. you know, had, had mentioned it to me, but uh, structure is very misunderstood concept. Yeah. It's not the org chart. It's not reporting lines. It's, it, you know if you look at all the all the business terms and concepts out there, I would rank structure as the most misunderstood. Uh, but think of it like this design controls behavior right how anything's designed determines how it how it performs and every organization has a design to it there are key parts in in, in an organization's development where you need to work at a structural level uh, and if you can work at that structural level and realign the structure to the next stage strategy then it actually makes doing things that everybody's aware of like having a better culture hiring yeah. great talent. Uh, being able to delegate, yeah, right. Being able to execute across multiple businesses simultaneously or business units simultaneously—all those things are enabled by structure. It's just not widely uh, understood yet.
0: So, structure in your structure would be different than processes. Structure, well,
3: processes. yeah, yeah. From um, if you think about it like this, uh, human body, yeah, the stru- structure would be akin to the the, the skeletal yeah. system, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. If,
3: if my hips out of alignment, yeah. Or about the curved spine, no matter what I do, I'm going to yeah. be in pain. I'm going to suffer. I'm not going to move very well. I'm not going to be very agile, right?
0: Well, that's a great analogy, too, because your body can adapt to that abnormality, now, right?
3: Now and adapt right? the wrong way. And now adjust to the yeah. abnormality. We do that all the time in businesses. Yeah. Now, yeah. then, if structure is a skeletal system, then processes would be akin to the circulatory system, okay the neural network, yeah. right? That, with, now, think about that. Without process, The skeleton's a dead system yeah you got to have good structural alignment but then equally important you have to marry that with the right processes to bring that structure alive to be able to delegate yeah but with the right visibility and control to unlock innovation so there's a dance there and i kind of specialize in working at those two levels structure and process by the way just quick aside that's one of the other things that confuses people about structure is uh people equate, can equate, even experts equate structure and processes the same. Sure. And they're not. Yeah. Right? yeah. They can, yeah, but they're distinct. They're very them connected. Them as, yeah. yeah. They're interdependent, but you have to treat them as distinct things or think about them in that way. So huh. for example, uh, you, you should have a top-down structure.
1: Yeah.
3: Right? Yeah. However, a top-down structure doesn't mean an, a, a dictatorship.
1: Right, right, right.
3: Yep. The only reason to have a structure is to push authority down.
1: Yeah.
0: So
3: that those closest to doing the work have the autonomy to make decisions. Yeah. Right. And get the work done.
1: Yep.
3: So th- if you if you conflate those two in your mind, that structure and process are the same. You come up with all kinds of crazy workarounds yeah. that, like you said, are just mal- maladaptations to yeah. Yeah. to the to the they, they like like a lot of the COVID response. It's a the the cure can be worse than the original disease.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or those unintended consequences too. Well, yeah. I can remember when I was still managing a division in Eugene, I got a hold of your book, I've got it up there, the organizational physics, yeah. and you very graciously talked to me early on. Um, I, I think our first interview was, uh, I had a little recorder that I bought at Best Buy, and, and we were over the speakerphone, but uh, mm-hmm. so that, that structural analogy, you'll probably appreciate this. So when I got my uh, an opportunity to run a shop in Seattle, Mm-hmm. i thought um i thought thinking people would be more like myself right so i thought i'll bring the right people in and then we'll decide on the structure together and we'll implement it
2: oh what yeah. i
0: learned is not everybody's a builder right and not it, it doesn't um poo on anybody's skills and abilities just not everybody's wired that way to build the yeah. structure right. a lot of people need the structure the boundaries right yeah. Uh, which is a lot of the way my wife and I do our parenting, is you set the boundaries and then people can thrive, but yeah. not everybody is going it's to
3: help a, set the skeleton up. Yeah, it's not a natural way of thinking. Uh, one way to think about it is, uh, do you ever play play Dungeons and Dragons?
0: I haven't. I've got you get plenty concept, of friends to
3: right? do. Yeah. So imagine a, a group of friends sitting down to play a board game, but there's no goals, structure, yeah. rules, yeah. role, roles to be performed, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to be a lot of fun, and one way to think about the journey from an entrepreneur is to CEO is as an entrepreneur, you're like the best player at the game. Yeah, you know, you it's in your DNA. You're fast thinking. You take risks. You kind of innately know what to do, and people kind kind of you know rally around that skill. But as the business goes in complexity, the entrepreneur has to shift to be more of you know what would be equivalent in D anD D to like a, a dungeon master. Yeah, or like the game master. Sure. He's sure. More focused focus now on ensuring a good experience and the right design, right? That game for the rest of the players, right? Right. To make right. it
1: enjoyable.
3: Yep. That can, yeah. But so, uh, a democratic process to design the structure yeah. can actually really backfire. Yeah. 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 We don't should... take into account other perspectives, but you got to have some principles, right? You yep. don't design around people; you design around principles. Yep. People yep. change. Principles don't. So here's yeah. the design principles we're using. Okay, that makes it safe to get feedback and perspective on the roles people wanna play. Right. Not everyone should report to me because I'm the best. Right,
1: right. right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I,
0: tried to, I tried to flatten too soon, I think. You know? I think it is important, you know, you've gotta, like you're talking about, you've gotta set it up and set the boundaries and whatnot and so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now it's time for a not so subtle ad break. Do you really need to start? Do you really need to start hitting some shots with your marketing? That's- tired of planting seeds, but then only pulling up weeds? Ah, uh, uh. When it comes to your advertising efforts, That's- tired of feeling like you got an idea that can really get the fire started, only to have someone blow it out? So- why write for yourself and continue to lose when you can get the winners? Our mediocre writers, winners, winners, at the dojo, writing for you today. You today. You today. You better move. It's a slam dunk. A slam dunk. Better move. Freelance articles, ghost writing copy for your web page, transcribing YouTube videos into articles, content optimization, blog posts, book reviews, authentic content that will engage your target audience. Get somebody who knows your content and can optimize it for the robots on the internet as well as the people that are actually going to be reading and seeing your content. Don't just hire some kid in his mom's basement,
1: shut up and sit down.
0: And that's so organizational physics came out of um the company that you were involved with was uh or or founded right was commission uh Junction yeah, if I remember correctly from when we previously talked that was as you were scaling, you realized you had to change and adapt and the people in your yeah. company um, and then the physics, I think most people are aware, you know the law of entropy that everything tends towards chaos and then. Um, matter is neither created nor destroyed so you have to have that balance of of uh, influx of energy and and the right output of energy so is am i remembering that correctly that you developed that while you were at commission junction
3: yeah uh i didn't develop it when i was at commission junction but what i experienced um leaving you know a exponential growth company like that is as a leader you got to be two or three steps ahead of the rest of the organization if you're if you're kind of managing from behind you know or trying to play yeah. like catch up and you don't have a good mental model to make decisions around you'll just yeah. do what's popular or what your board tells you to do and you get all this conflicting advice and it weighs really heavy in your mind and so you have to come up with you know metaphors or models yeah. framework you can say okay this situation here's what should happen yeah, you got to be really astute at that. So you're several steps ahead. And what happens in an exponential growth company is you quickly realize that the popular, popular advice is often just wrong. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You, know,
3: you don't, you don't, cause you get this rapid feedback. Yeah. Right. One, one metaphor might be, let's say that we're in Holland and there's a hole in the dike. Is it is it a crisis. Well, I don't know. Let's look over the wall. Is there a lot, a lot of water pressure? Ah, oh, the water's low. Okay, we'll fix it when we, get, we can, you know? Right, right. Hyper growth company, a little crack in the, the dike, right? Yeah, Disaster. Yeah. So you realize, oh, make what I thought was a good decision. And you get this rapid feedback of the equal and opposite reaction in the other direction. And you're like, oh, man, yeah. I need a better way to approach these problems. That's more uh, systematic. Yeah. More foundational. Yeah. And if you can do that, then you can really start to see, oh, firsthand, all right, same team, right? Same company. Right. change structure. We right. brought some new process. We maybe click, refine the strategy, totally different company. Yeah. So how things so how things are designed really do determine how they how they perform. And so Commission Junction was that kind of foundational experience of going through that.
1: Yeah.
3: Right. Man man with the uh, a person with the experience is not at mercy of the of person with just an opinion. Mm. Right. so like I just read the book and it sounds like a good idea. Like I lived yep. it. Yep. And then over time uh, I developed organizational physics, which was kind of a way to think about, okay, well, why, why do things, why do all systems behave in a certain way? Yeah. What's the foundational truth you can spot across boundaries, right? Across domains. Right. Oh, it's true in physics. It's true in organizations. It's true in life. Oh, that seems like a mental model you could take to the bank. Right. Yeah. You know? So that that was the birth of organizational physics.
1: Yeah.
0: Well yeah and that's I mean it's uh you know it's a very simple you know in in nature but very there's a lot you can do with that and expand from it and it applies to yeah. multiple disciplines so yeah. um so uh, when when did you decide to write the book and release the book and what was that process like?
3: Mm-hmm. I uh wrote the book as i was um trying to think of ways to communicate these concepts and i kind of had a, 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 some criteria one was you could the language would translate across yeah. geographies and cultures yeah so physics is true in paris it's true in tokyo yeah okay? and it takes a little effort to understand the principles and the metaphors yeah. but once you get it you can just go oh yeah i see how that works in all these different areas Uh, and I then started to kind of write, write the book. And, uh, I remember I was in a conversation with Seth Godin. I sent him a draft and he's like, there's some really amazing, uh, concepts here, but you have like five, five books here in one, (laughs) every bestseller has to only really have one key concept. Uh He goes, what do you want this book to do? Do you want it to be a bestseller or do you, you like be a tool for your consulting practice? And I was really clear I needed it to be a tool for my consulting practice and the way yeah. I, I, you know, I think is kind of very sequential way. And so that the book was just born out of that. Yeah. To teach these concepts uh, in my consulting work.
0: Yeah. I remember, I think I got it on audiobook, and, you know, it started playing and it's like, you do a great job of they're, they're very deep, you know, you're digging into science and applying that to business. And like you said, it translates. like, as you're saying it, it completely makes sense. Yeah. It's definitely one of those books where you want to go back and buy the book and kind of re reference things and kind of dig back through. Um, Yeah. And and like I said, you do a great job. It doesn't, it's not like it just, it's not like reading a textbook, you know, it's. (laughs) Yeah. It'll
3: never, it'll never be a bestseller, but for those who kind of get it and dive in, it's very, very very useful tool to have in your. your Well,
0: and I think, like you said, so many books try to um you know this is the only way to do it and this is how I became successful and you can be successful too where it's more of a framework right and there's a lot of practical stuff and you do a great job on your website of you know supplementing that with you know current uh, context and things like that that was one of the ones that's really challenged me lately is uh I don't remember I think you called it the stop start ideal you know Thinking Mm. through if you're coaching somebody, but I've tried to approach, you know, with myself, what is something you need to stop doing? Yeah. And what do you supplement that with what you start doing? And in the broader context, what's the ideal of you're trying to reach? You know, it's like, it's very, very simple, (laughs) but um, not always easy, you know, because usually it comes down to you need to stop being dumb, right? And and, (laughs) uh, do the thing that you know you need to do. So that
3: There's a great book I've been reading called uh, Immunity to Change okay and they do a really exceptional job the authors uh by the way i notice when i read books on kindle i have no idea who the author is any longer right Hmm. i just their name isn't visible so yeah yeah i apologize to the authors uh but the book does an exceptional job of delineating between two types of change there's tactical change okay you can just kind of do through discipline uh habit reinforcement right yeah and then there's a different kind of change is adaptive change and adaptive change requires you to go deeper and uncover the kind of inner emotional mental framework you're carrying around that justifies yeah. the current behaviors yeah and uh the idea of of hey in order to make a change i need to stop doing this yeah in order to start doing this that kind of fits more into the adaptive realm yeah because we have finite energy and time Right, and if I'm doing this existing behavior, it's stealing energy and capacity from the new behavior I want to develop. But anyway, if, if people find it's hard to stop that behavior, I would look towards the adapt, it really requires an adaptive change. It requires some deeper work hmm. in order to stop that. Yeah. Anyway, I found that a good, a good book I've been reading recently or finished recently that kind of encapsulates the difference between those two types of change. Yeah. Tact- tactical and adaptive.
0: Adaptive change, that, that's really good. Well, so um, we were talking a little bit offline. It's really interesting. I believe COVID is kind of exposing. You know, I think shared that opinion. You know, it's kind of exposing holes. And one thing leaders and businesses will really um, uh, miss out on is if if we want to blame the troubles you're having on COVID, right? It's an easy scapegoat as opposed to saying. Hey, we had some issues we needed to fix. This is kind of bringing a lot more of them to the surface. And obviously a whole new challenge, not to diminish that. But um
1: yeah.
0: what are were some of the things that you were working with companies kind of pre-COVID? What has COVID kind of, you know, uh, done with, you know, how you're thinking about approaching businesses? And as now things are starting to open up, what is that? What do you think that looks like?
3: Yeah. So the clients that I've been working with, uh, you know, I work around the world and I work in almost every industry you can imagine. And the the clients during this period have all been in, um, industries that are growing in COVID.
1: Yeah.
3: Right. Or the negative headwinds aren't catastrophic, right? There's been a hit to sales, you know, but they're still trying to drive forward innovation. They still, their their existing strategy is pretty well aligned with this new normal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and a big part of my work is, uh, you know, I always work. I've always worked virtually. Okay. With CEOs. Yep. Yeah. And we do kind of a discovery stage where we align on the right strategy. We design a structure together. And that's always been done over Zoom. You know. Yeah. Uh, then the stage two of my work is I often, you know, would usually fly out. And work with that CEO and his or her leadership team and take them through a process where the team gets, you know, buy-in to, oh, here's the issues we have. Oh, here's how we need to resolve them in a systematic way. Here's our strategy. And then here's our structure. And then they put in place, you know, better leadership team methodologies and processes so that the team executes quickly. In the new structure, against that strategy.
0: We are interrupting your everyday uh, online experience for this special announcement from the Go. So um, we all know, uh, we all have heard. If you've been in the industry for any period of time, you've heard about the relationships in the industry. You know things aren't what they used to be. Um, It's harder, those kinds of things, and with the introduction of the third-party administrators, it's even harder. I hate it,
1: but I love it.
0: And So there's just more hoops you have to jump through and those kinds of things. So um, I, I just got an email, emails from RIA and Restoration and Remediation magazine on a survey that RIA, Restoration Industry Association, is conducting. And so they want to gather your feedback. So they want this information, RA wants this information, the Advocacy and Government Affairs Committee and the uh, Restoration Advocate will take the information and go to the TPAs with that information to try to see what we can do about improving that contractor TPA relationship. So. Who do you think you are? I think, RAA has demonstrated a commitment, especially with the AGA, to try to advocate more on behalf, collaborate with contractors, which is a good thing. Definitely needed, right, a, a coherent, collaborative, sustainable voice, sustainable solutions. And so with this survey, um, if you've been privy to, RAA members uh, have been invited to be a part of a three-part discussion with Mike Fulton, the president of Exactware. Um, which stemmed from the earlier this year the conversation that uh, Ed Cross had with Bill Loveland, uh, one of the founders of ExactWare and kind of you know presenting the information that uh, contractors feel underrepresented in you know our quest to arrive at a fair you know discussion on um, estimating and those kinds of things Oh no, no
1: it's not fair
0: and, and providing our work so um, You know, RIAs bring in people to the table that are decision makers, and uh, this seems to be a good opportunity, you know, it's what they estimate of maybe take 15 minutes of your time, go through each of the programs in the survey, they ask the same six questions of each program, so it's, you know, you'll get in a groove, and then you can give that information. You don't have to be a member of RIA. Uh, they encourage you to share this with anybody and everybody in your organization, anybody you know in the industry, so that way we get everybody represented. And then to see what REA can do to continue to bring, you know, decision makers to the table so that we can advocate, you know, and have a voice collaboratively to try to generate those sustainable solutions. So...
3: <laughs> Life's full of tough choices in it. <laughs>
0: It seems to me this is a good um, deal, R&R MAG Online. Um, it's titled uh, Restoration Industry Association Launches Industry-Wide TPA Survey. You can look it up directly. I found it, it's, it should be, if you type in TPA, RAA TPA Survey, there's actually, there's one they did previously that had two questions. Um, this one has 94. Um, And, again, if it's a program you don't work with, you just click no, and it goes on to the next. But it's surveymonkey.com forward slash lowercase r forward slash 8KHVCL3. So link will be in the video. And uh, please uh, fill this out. Oh, dude. Okay, filled out. Good. Thank you, doctor. Take two of these and call me in the morning have your employees fill it out and uh share it with your friends so that we can get this information um you know 15 minutes seems like a small price to pay for potentially uh getting um some feedback that can be used to advocate for our voice so give it a
3: try which of you fine gentlemen would like to join our team now i'm not traveling right yeah Yeah. uh i don't know when i'll travel yeah that you know i'm frankly i'm don't have a ounce of fear around the virus i do have a very low threshold for inanity yeah and so when i see that what the airlines are doing and the airports are doing to try to help people feel safe i just like facepalm i I just want nothing to do with that environment
1: so (laughs) yeah uh, yeah
0: but I i
3: yeah. So we'll see how that unfolds, but
0: yeah. So that, well, that's, yeah, that's good. I mean, you know, I'm in construction and, um, you know, a lot of, so some, the residential kind of took quite a bit of a hit. Um, but you know, for commercial projects and those kinds of things have been able to keep going and same kind of thing. Some of the rules, like one of the rules for phase one is you have to wear a mask and goggles. And, um, you know, so clearly somebody hasn't thought through what that, uh, (laughs) when you wear a mask and goggles you immediately fog your goggles and so then people are adapting and um, yeah there's no easy fix right but uh um so you've been you know you mentioned the airlines you posted that i think on linkedin um it might have been yesterday you know Uh there's the seats that are blocked off with the placards and stuff like that you've been pretty outspoken that uh you're not a big fan of the um Quarantine and the lockdown. Um, have you dug much into like what Sweden Sweden's approach?
3: You know, I, I I'm hesitant to even go here, right? Because there's this huge polarization sure. in in society. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a doctor. I'm not an epidemiologist. Uh, I'm just considering me no one. I am an exceptional systems thinker, though. So, yeah. And my whole career has been built around systems thinking, and it's interesting to me to just go back a couple months. And it's it seems to make a lot of sense that, hey, there's this new SARS, right, called SARS-2, yeah. and seems to have some very, you know, terrible interactions with certain segment of the population right, or certain right. areas of the world. Makes sense to, let's go into quarantine, let's self-isolate until we have some data and to ensure that our hospitals, and specifically our ICU units are prepared to handle yeah. An influx. Okay, that was the goal.
1: Yeah.
0: Flatten the curve, right?
3: It might yeah, to bend the curve. In my naivete, I I assume that might take, you know, four weeks. Yeah. And then we would isolate those who were really under threat, you know. The high risk groups, and the rest of us would go about our lives. Right? Yeah. Just like SARS one. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah.
3: You know? Uh and I don't think it's it's you know we've learned a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. We've seen, I think that regions of the world that uh, you know not all have been impacted equally. Yeah. States, regions of the world, those that have taken more of a lighter hand are going to come out of this with more resiliency and less negative impact. Yeah. Uh, where I am in California, it it seems like the goalpost has shifted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because our,
3: our ICU usage outside of a, a few isolated areas like prisons and, and nursing homes, not even close to capacity ever. That yeah. data is publicly available. Yeah. So that was the goalpost. that shifted to, we're going to stay in quarantine until there's a cure.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Which or is not vaccine. sustainable. Yeah. It's not resilient. I mean, imagine you were a small business in California. I mean, yeah. really, would you open a small business? local business in california (laughs) right now i mean after this right i mean um, it's hard. let's let's acknowledge it's very hard to be an entrepreneur to be a small business owner regardless yeah regardless yep and now there's this unknown factor this will happen again right yeah so is the state just gonna arbitrarily say you're not essential you're out yeah you know yeah like crazy like it's it's not sustainable it's not resilient and uh i think it's unfortunate yeah because uh lighter hand you know again if 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 you're at risk please quarantine yeah yeah right well and that was like yeah they'll tend to act like adults if you treat them like children they'll tend to you know rebel like children yeah let's be sustainable let's be wise yeah let's pick up the pace yeah
0: well i think that was what was interesting in that article about sweden they're um it's not like they're just winging it i think they're a pdm and i'm gonna <laughs> doctor
1: doctor doctor oh doctor 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 just a couple of doctors doctors in the
0: hallway a pediatologist anyways yep. <laughs> i wrote is it, it was johan jessek and i'm sure i botched his name but their approach was the cure the long-term
3: yeah is, you have to think uh,
0: the herd immunity right and so yeah quarantine the most susceptible you know those um the the elderly people and uh those with pre-existing conditions and then allow everybody else to kind of in somewhat of a controlled way because again it's like what you know 90 percent of people that get it survive over 90 percent and then over 80 percent of those um don't need hospitalization you know
3: Um, it's a very very mild disease yeah for most for most people yeah. outside of some you know yeah. the old the immune compromised uh and that's the facts
0: yeah and again for anybody watching you know the thousands watching this is just two people kind of sharing our opinions not uh yeah.
3: people making... doesn't, doesn't mean we don't have compassion for those yeah. who are impacted yeah. yeah but the the vicarious trauma yeah for the for society yeah. is underestimated and uh yeah. severe yep yeah. Uh, and I especially think about the kid, you know, kids, yeah, who are going to go to school in a reality of you know wearing masks and social distancing, and yeah. you're just teaching some really bad, yeah, uh, habits. And I don't, I mean, not bad, like we want to just be courageous and have care and compassion, yeah, but really recognize that society needs interconnection, it needs yeah connection it needs commerce It yep. needs health it needs well-being in all its forms and so yep. let's hope hopefully we can get to that as quickly as possible
0: well i've been listening to a podcast and they're talking about um what was it you know the spanish flu 1918 and whereas that uh impacted people of all ages i mean strong healthy athletes were you know um being yeah. uh, succumbing to it and so you know much much different but uh A good friend of mine, um, he was actually on the podcast, Rick Dancer, he he noted he's, you know, like you mentioned the the habits, but he was like, we call it social distancing and really it's physical distancing, right? Six feet is physical. We still need to be social and have interactions.
2: It's really easy to change language. When, When this first came out, everybody was talking about social distancing and I'm like, what the hell? I'm not, not going to socially distance from anyone. I'll physically distance, right. but I'm not going to socially distance, and you're not going to tell me to. It's just changed. The, and now all these people on Facebook are starting to talk about, yeah, what Rick was saying, this physically distancing thing, they are using different language. So I think we, by, by local, we mean local people, You know, our community. Totally. It's yeah. a community thing. So that's what I say more often, is people in our community. Um, right. with programs and, and it is it's just a learning thing for me you know because I was doing all the local thing too and it's a, it's a learning thing like, and yeah. we have to remember these small businesses in a month they're going to need us more than they do right now and yeah. in two months they're going to need us even more so instead of k- kind of coming down off this thing and thinking okay things are back to normal it's like, it's not going to be back to normal for a lot of people so I think this is, this is the long haul thing you know <laughs> is like yeah. you
0: know change your thinking maybe even change the terminology and call it physical distancing six feet or greater but don't be socially you know distancing yourself from other people. yeah yeah i thought I mean, that was a
3: pretty good point that is a great point framing matters
0: um so um you know so what's what's next um as you you know for are you is there a follow-up book to organizational yeah phys- I'm,
3: I'm working on a, a, a book right now and uh i'm not sure what the title is but uh, that should be out in 2021. 20, uh, okay. I'm looking forward to getting that out there. It's it's really cool.
0: Yeah. What's your process? Do you try to write every day or do you write as you get inspired or you're a structure guy? So I'm assuming you
1: have a discipline. You know,
3: some of us are motivated by the positive. Yeah. And others by the negative. Sure. And uh, I have a commitment to write uh every day mm-hmm. for a certain amount of time yeah five days a week or i have to do a donation to a politician i just this despise <laughs> okay <laughs> and i haven't missed a day of writing <laughs> 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 like just, uh, you know it's awesome so, yeah yeah
1: well you so mentioned I,
3: yeah if and anyway i'm, I'm you know i'm I'm being sincere, but also joking around a little bit. Is like we have to sometimes come up with yeah. tricks, you know, work hard work that we might not ordinarily want to do, but you just gotta grind it sometimes.
0: Yeah. Well, you mentioned Seth Godin. I remember um, reading some of his stuff early on. He's like, if you want to be a writer, write every day. And yeah. uh and, and 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 his thing was too. You know, of course, when you start out writing, it's gonna be terrible. You know, and it's gonna be awful. But if that if that boat is, you know, if you're in motion, you can refine it and get feedback and and change things. And so, you know, my son and I were talking about that just yesterday, like the, the fear of failure is almost is worse than failure because failure can actually learn from and adapt. Like you mentioned, whereas if you're fearful and you don't do anything, you will you have nothing to improve.
3: By by definition, failure is feedback.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, man, Lex, it's, it's been really good catching up with you. Um, and, uh, I definitely, I wholeheartedly endorse organizational physics. Like we said, um, more of a framework, you know, a structural level. Um, okay. and obviously if we've got people listening that are in that hundred to 300 million, they can, uh, reach out to you. <laughs> um, any other, um, closing thoughts on, um,
3: well, I, would, I would say the uh principles of organization physics work at every level yeah and so for for a smaller business they you know there's yeah. assessments there's articles it's it's a way of thinking that you know yep. for a certain kind of individual can be really uh transformative very helpful yeah so don't if if you're running a smaller business don't have to be scared by the you know yeah. larger dollar volumes the principles still work at all levels so
1: yeah
0: well, obviously if they wanted to reach out to you directly um you're you you have the organizational physics website which yep. again like i said you do a great job of you know putting in some current applications of the principles and those kinds of things and then the so the books 2021 yeah uh the uh well great man well i'm glad to see you're healthy and thank you so much for uh spending some time john, you too john
3: thanks for reaching out Keep up the great work. awesome thank you
1: This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard.